ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. The world's first genetically modified banana has today been approved for commercial production and human consumption in Australia. Scientists say today's approval from the Australian government makes it the first GM-approved fruit to be grown in our country. QCAV4 is a genetically modified Cavendish banana that was developed as a safety net for Australia's $1.3 billion banana industry as it's resistant to the devastating Panama disease tropical race 4. Professor James Dale from the Queensland University of Technology banana biotechnology program has been working on developing the variety for more than 20 years and explains what today means to him. It's absolutely fabulous because it, it has been you know, just a, a, a touch over 20 years and a lot of people have been involved and it's been a very, very long journey. What does it mean now that you have approval? Does it mean that it can go straight out into uh, paddocks and be planted? Yes, it does, but that's not our plan. At the moment uh, in Australia, Panama disease tropical race is fairly well under control. The biosecurity arrangements are really limiting its um, its its spread terrifically. However, that may change. Uh, so this is really our our safety net. Uh, we, we we know now that we've got a Cavendish banana that is very close to immune to to tropical race four. So. Cavendish is not going to disappear. So that's that. That's the situation at the present time. And as I said, if Tropical Race 4 really gets going in, in Queensland and starts to really hurt our industry, then we've got this banana ready to go. So the idea isn't to replace Cavendish bananas because of the threat of TR4. It's more there as a safety net if there were issues. That's right, yes, because it's a very slow-moving disease. And, and so you've got plenty of time to make all of those uh, arrangements um, in, in the instance that, uh, that it really gets bad. But at the moment, it's not. So here we've got, we've, we've taken it through deregulation. We know that it's now available if necessary. Just remind us exactly what you have created. Genetically modified fruit sounds a bit like it'll have legs and eyes. <laughs> exactly. So that's the sort of thing that people talk about 20, 30 years ago. Um, we've actually moved a banana gene. So there's there are bananas, and particularly wild bananas, growing in the um, centre of origin of bananas in, in Southeast Asia that are immune to tropical race 4. And the reason for that is that they've co- co-evolved. So what we did, and this is, as I said 20 years ago, went into the genome of one of those bananas and looked for why were these bananas resistant. And we came up with a candidate resistance gene. So by genetic modification, we took that gene out of that wild banana and put it into Cavendish. So the interesting thing is that Cavendish actually already has that gene, but it just doesn't work. So we've put in a, a version that works. Do you expect that any growers will start growing this variety on a commercial scale anytime soon? Um, no, we don't. Well, they have, they have to liaise with us before they do that, of course. We, we hold all the stocks and, and um, we have that requirement. Um, I don't think so. Um, we, we obviously talk uh, regularly to the Australian Banana Growers Council 
so they're well aware of what we're doing and, and why. And if there was a move to grow this banana commercially, uh, then we would liaise with that group first before making any, any uh, other arrangements. Professor James Dale, have you tasted one? No, because we weren't allowed to under our licence. Right. But I can tell you right now we've been on to our, um, uh, our manager of our field trial site and said, any of the bunches on those bananas, leave them, we're coming up. <laughs> I imagine that, um, you know, that's the next important step. But what sort of happens from here on? So what we want to do now is uh, we've only field trialled these bananas uh, in the Northern Territory. We haven't field trialled them over in uh, North Queensland, and so that's the next step, just to make sure that they behave themselves exactly as they did in the Northern Territory, not in a, a disease situation, but just to make sure these bananas grow as well in in North Queensland as they have in the Northern Territory. What's your message to banana farmers? I think the most important message that we can put out is that Cavendish is not going to disappear. It's going to be around for a lot longer than uh, some people thought because they were very concerned about TR4. So Cavendish is safe. Where uh, We've developed a genetically modified Cavendish. We're now using all of that information to develop the next generation, which is a gene-edited version. And gene editing provides far less concern, particularly to regulators and to consumers. Um, So that's the next stage, a gene-edited version, and on top of that, a resistance to other diseases. Okay, what other diseases are you looking at? The biggest disease other than TR4 in the world is black cicatoga. It's a a leaf uh, infecting fungus. Um, In Australia, we're very lucky. We have a a milder version of that, if you like, called yellow cicatoga, but we have had at least one incursion of black cicatoga into into our growing regions. We're able to eradicate it. Uh, In some countries, particularly in... um, in Central America, they spray up to 60 times a year to try to control this fungus. So we want to develop not only a TR4-resistant Cavendish by editing, but also add cicatoga resistance as well. Wow. And so you think you'll be able to create one variety that can do both of that? Yes, we do. We certainly do. Do you have a message for the public who, you know, might have concern when they hear about genetically modified fruit? Yes, I think I think one of the important things for the general public to realise is the technologies that we're using now. Like, for instance, we've moved a banana gene uh, from one banana to another. There's nothing scary. The, the gene is already present in Cavendish. The sorts of technologies that we're developing and have been over the last decade, and that's obviously not just our group, but many groups around the world, are really very sophisticated and incredibly safe. Much more importantly, they're the sorts of technologies we're going to need, A, to cut down on on pesticides, but also as we're getting into a much more challenging climate, we've got to be able to generate new cultivars uh, that are able to cope with all these new conditions. And we're going to need those technologies. So very importantly for the general public, I think, is to try to get as educated as possible, not be concerned by uh, outlandish claims and just look and listen and read 
and you'll find that many of these technologies are going to be really very important for the future. Do you see that this, what you're developing is kind of future-proofing the banana industry? It's not to be planted today, it's for the future? Absolutely, absolutely. That's exactly what we're doing. And because of the technologies we have available and, and we're developing, it's not just disease resistances that, that we, can, we can add. We can also add, as we have in, in one of our projects in Africa, increased nutrient content, particularly nutritional values. So there are things that can be done that can be really, really important uh, for the fruit industry and the banana industry. That's Professor James Dale. He's from the Queensland University of Technology. Speaking there with Lydia Burton, you can read more about this on ABC Rural if you just put ABC Rural into a search engine.